0: I, just, I have to Ugh. send that the whole thing because it's a wrestling reference. Oh, the, oh wrestling. no, the Mania
1: 19. Oh no. Oh. He fucking threw, he, oh He look, really threw that shit like the rock rolls, the fucking elbow strap. Right? The the elbow. That's exactly how you threw
0: That's exactly
1: how you threw it. Like, I feel like Vito Corleone when he sees Sonny in the funeral parlor in Godfather 1. Look what, what they did they to my, to my boy? boy. Look what they did to ah. my boy. Look at what they did to him. And that is a good enough way to start the three-on-one podcast. Hi, everybody. Coming to you from various locations and parking lots strewn across the northeastern United States, the home of the American Sevens Football League. I am your host for some reason, Matt Ryan, joined as always by my quarterback and also the Snow Tribes quarterback, but he's also the People's quarterback. He is Corey Hammond. And protecting the line, checking IDs, and making everything, making sure everything is clean. He is Big Rob Fabian. These are my co-hosts. This is the 3-on-1 Podcast. And guys, it has been a week in the American Sevens Football League. We've had talent in destroying videos. We've had people try to destroy us on social media. Uh, We were on Get Up on ESPN uh, and a lot of free agent movement. We were going to have a guest on the show this week, but they were unable to make it. But this player is someone who is highly regarded in the free agency market. and I want to talk about the idea of free agency in the A7FL because they you basically reset the clock. As soon as there's a champion crowned, everybody has like a 24-hour moratorium on just like celebrating the season. Everything is fine. But once it starts to get to August 1st, August 15th, you get deeper into the summer. People are going to cookouts. People are meeting up. People are partying down shore or wherever it is they will spend their time. And it just seems like the art of conversation, Rob and Corey, too. Well, Corey, you just recently sealed your free agent fate for 2023. Rob, you are luck happily retired right now. But what's the process like for you guys as soon as the season is over and you have all of these options? What happens next? Like, who reaches out to you first? What's the process like?
0: Um,. I, I'll go, I'll, I could hit this one. I mean, almost as soon as the championship is done, you have about, like you said, you have about a week of radio silence. Everybody's congratulating. Everybody's hating. And, and then your inbox just starts getting flooded by team owners, um, popular players, guys with influence. They, they really start hitting you up. Hey, man, what you doing next season? Especially if you're on a losing team. Because I, I was one of those guys that would look at this I would scout the talent from like, lower ranked teams and i'm like yo this kid was nice we could definitely use him here like i would have did that to a guy like a birdie or um or if ashanti wasn't on bic i would have did that to a guy like ashanti like hey man there's a better opportunity here you could come play with us that's the that's the catch you tell them hey you could come play with courage you could come play with Steri. you can come play with all these amazing names and that entices people man it really gives people going and ready to go play for these other teams it's not it it is a nice guy process like everybody's nice when they're trying to recruit you but as soon as you you know pick a team you know it's back to you know fuck you again so that's how that process goes well i think it's funny rob went first
2: because he's coming from the place where he was an established veteran uh a, a team leader on the team that he entered the league with and you know it's funny we talk about whether it's behind the scenes or on the show how you know R- big Rob Fabian and those guys with the early BIC they kind of grew up in the league starting as the expansion team working their way into success and then you know, culminating everything in 2016 with the championship but I remember when I had first been an established team when you're a cornerstone of the team When you're one of the leaders of the team, you're out there in the DMs, you're reaching out. When the Warriors, the team that I was, uh, you know, came up in the league with pretty much uh, combined with the Thrashers, we became the Purple City Warriors. And once the team combines, that's that's the last, you know, the last ditch effort for that squad. And the Warriors didn't survive that combination. The Thrashers somehow did. And they went 0-8 the next season. But that's another story. But then once you once you lose the team or you're not the cornerstone, like I find myself in perennially, it seems like guys, um, then you start to get the messages. So I've been on both sides of it more recently and more often, especially than Rob. You know, you get those guys either a wanting to come with you places like, for instance, You know, we could talk about this year, but I'll I'll say last year that there was a there was a couple of wide receivers that during the season, seeing some of the you know successes I was having with the Renegades, were already in week you know five and six asking me, hey, uh, next year can I come join? Um, So that type of thing happens during the season. It happens, you know, in between, uh, you know, in between snaps at times for you know different teams. Um, and it really depends on who the player is and, you know, what the market is. So, you know, a lot of guys start in this league, make a splash. We mentioned Eddie Petiot. You know, he was a corner, like he said, for Savage. You know, he's just out there trying to make a name for himself, grinding, doing his thing. Got an opportunity with the Renegades, started making plays. And, you know, that's how that that's the normal growth you see in this league. You know, very rarely the guys step in like Ashanti Worthy and all of a sudden, you know, as soon as they step on the field, they're they're a big time playmaker. I always like to bring up guys like Ibrahim uh, Albana, uh, Abe. He's 26 years old. He's been in this league since he's been 18. And when he first got in the league, he's 115 pound beanpole, just learning how to play the game. Still, you know, to 2021, uh, he was one of the, you know, the top wide receivers as far as catches and things in 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 the a7fl so there's a process and as you grow as a player your value to the different and you know maybe the uh top tier teams in the league grows and it's awesome matt because there's no contracts so if you really are uh you know hungry for either winning or a better opportunity i guarantee there's a guy out there that's willing to take a shot on you if you got the skill to prove it on the field
1: I think that's going to be the real interesting thing this offseason when it comes to the future of the A7FL, because this is the first real time where a player can go across enemy lines. How often in the nine, now almost nine season history of the A7FL, have we seen players jump from New Jersey to Maryland or even Pennsylvania? Which, you know, we saw that with Matt Riddick. Matt Riddick was a member of the PA Immortals, the 2019 A7FL champions. And then after the Immortals went out of the league, they left the league, Matt Riddick ended up on the BIC for two seasons. Would it be potentially possible to see a player of that caliber jump across divisions? Because I know we talked about Mark Bagway, and that kind of seeds into kind of the main topic for this week's show reaction to last week's episode. Last week we had Keith Salmon on and we want to thank Keith of RTU Real Talk University is the podcast, the YouTube channel, all the things you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. And a lot of people we got phone calls the morning of the podcast. And I was sitting in a meeting and then I get mess I get DMs and a Facebook call from somebody. And then they immediately call Corey Hand. <laughs> and it was an interesting morning that really makes it inter- makes the Maryland DC division, the divisional watch, I think, for the next couple of weeks in terms of player movement. A little bit of quiet on the news front in New Jersey. You're hearing a few things here and there. Like we talked, we didn't talk about this last week, but. There's three other varieties out there, and it seems like they're all going to the 2022 champions. Which is, well, I'll a- just
2: say this: the Gronkowski brothers all played for different rosters; uh, they were all on different rosters in the NFL. So, as a as a uh, just humble roster spot and a uh, vocal hypothetical leader for the Shneu tribe. I'll make some overtures over to some varieties if they can uh produce even 75% of what their uh, older brother was able to do. We might uh we might have a couple more big time playmakers on the defensive line that, you know, guys like Big Rob have to deal with.
1: Yeah, and I don't know how you feel about that Rob, three more varieties coming into the league and coming in for the BIC makes it makes you a little happier retired. Yeah, I'm super happy. I'm retired. I'm going. <laughs> but we we dropped a video on instagram of the pot promoting this week's podcast and we got a lot of interesting comments from people like og buck who seemingly is out at the rare breed guys what do you think they, matt they don't want nobody wants information to be no one
0: wants to tell people things prematurely they might still be talking They're at this point doing this job specifically there are a lot of things we know for a fact right now that we will not say on this show whether people want to believe it or not I think Keith Salmon is an amazing source if Keith said it I'm pretty sure he's he knows something so you know that, if Buck wants to be upset about it that's his prerogative, but we're here. To, you know, we're here delivering the news, the, the rumor mill. We're letting everybody know what's going on. And I'm, I'm just gonna be honest. I, I trust RTU, and and even still, you gotta take everything with a grain of salt, right? Take it all with a grain of salt. It, it'd be great if that's what happens. It'd be great if it doesn't happen. Either way, I think Buck's gonna be just fine.
2: Well, I think what's interesting is is that. We got a lot of buzz, guys, from last week's podcast, and I think the flack went to us as if we were the ones who were responsible for the news and the information. We were just, we were just happy to play along. As 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 our friend Keith was just spit in right. and truth, right? Like, I mean, I, I'll I, I play quarterbacks, I get the whole you know idea of hey, if you're in the if you're in the position. You know, you got to take the arrow when they're when they're when they're shot at you. So I'll, I'll 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 stand in front of Keith all day if that's what it takes. But realistically, I mean, Rob, you didn't you didn't let any cats out at any bags.
0: Not at <laughs> all. And, it, and all those cats, honest, all those cats that you have are safely tied well, in safe. bags, and, and, and they're and they're declawed. They're not getting out of those. Right. And let's just be honest. There's still there's still another rumor, another thing that Keith said that no one is no one's to trust. Something's happening on the Gators as well.
1: We just don't know what. And that's the. Well, thi- et- Let's talk about this pragmatically. If there is a massive change in quarterback for the Gators, does that make them a top four team? Does that take out the rare breed? Does that take out the Tampa Nightcrawlers? Because as long as Mark Bagway's on that team and that defense is that defense, I say right. that they're the third or fourth best team in the league.
0: Right. Right. And so with with a with a stud, let, let's say a stud quarterback, a a Sterry-esque, Huff-esque, another guy like Ace, a, a CP three kind of guy, going to a team like the Gators, if that's who they found to go to the Gators and actually produce and look good, then yes, the Gators are back. And then again, the Gators were always in contention even without a quarterback. So just imagine plugging in a good quarterback. I don't mean guy, a guy like Cam Boogie, who I ragged on for like two seasons straight. A guy like Cam Boogie is is top top of the mid tier to mid tier. So you can't have like a guy like that. He's gonna take you to the same place as you've always been. You need a guy that can get you to that championship, and then whatever happens, there happens. You get know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. No, I I get about, what you're
2: saying. Well, what about this guy's? Because Keith last week he kind of harped over and over again. And at of one side of his mouth, he was saying that when I said Mark Bagway was the third quarterback with, behind Sterry and Huff, you know, he threw Buck in there. But then on the other side of his mouth, guys, and, and and, and you know, let's – I, I want to hear what you guys think about it. He was mentioning things like, well, Buck's been to this spot before and he's not enough to right. get over the top. right. right. And I think that's such a dangerous narrative that you can have about a quarterback because then what you're doing is you're saying is that the the team of the rare breed, and this this is what I was trying to force Keith into, the team of the rare breed with at with a different person, other than Buck at quarterback, would have been somehow an improvement. Or if it, you know if, if this guy's on the squad, it makes the difference because uh, let's. As much as we praise Buck for the season that he had, and he did have an MVP caliber season. Yeah, I
0: loved his season. He was the he was the quarterback that beat the youth first. Exactly. Like, how are we forgetting that? The defending champ lost to Buck. And so he 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 drops the ball in the playoffs, and then everybody forgets his greatness. That's insane.
1: And, and also, and let's talk be- about the road that Buck had to go through the week before. To was there was a week a break in between, but that bi that, that rare the, breed nightcrawler on, game that was tough.
0: One of the greatest games we've ever watched in a seven. I can't wait to rewatch that game. I watch that game at least once or twice a week. The game's that good.
1: I I've found myself on the couch a, after you know going to my 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 guy and enjoying <laughs> hey,
0: guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> enjoying enjoying that game again and again because there's so many things about that game. And you know what? Uh, We'll we'll announce something on how you can hear some of the stories behind those games at the end of the podcast. So if you want to hear big news, you skip to the end. But when it comes to... Skip to the end, skip to the end, and then just just run it back. Yeah, rewind it like it's, you know, 1988. But... When you look at games like that and the effect it has on a player, and that's why you know Lenny Manzel was able to step up in both of those games and make it a little more interesting, but that took a lot out of Buck and he got hurt, I think, in both of those games.
0: He he probably did because again, you're these are high powered. Buck's not going against the number four, five, and six. Buck is going against. One, twos, threes, and fours. Like he's going against the top, the upper echelon of the league every week. Mark Bagway and those guys did not come to play. Listen, I know this is this is going to ruffle some feathers. Maybe this is the hot take of the week. Guys, there's guys that, that have called my phone, messaged my inbox, and told me if Bagway beat Rare Breed, that, that Tampa team would have smoked the boots off the U. Verbatim, people are telling me that. We could get it, we get into debate back and forth about it, but people truly believe that Tampa Bay would have beat the
1: U. I, I think and I don't wanna I could see that happening. Because the things that help Sunday. the things that helped the BIC beat the youth three times was speed, consistency, and finding ways to utilize youth. Because the, you have all the experience on both sides of the ball. But that offensive line going up against the linebacking core of the, of the Nightcrawlers. Watch back the tape of the Rare Breed game. Where the Rare Breed had a really proficient offensive line for the majority of the season. They allowed Manziel and Buck enough time behind center to get the ball off or to make a move. That's why they were so quick with the Maryland special because they knew how to time on their offensive line. Right. Watch how my, effective my only, they were.
0: Right. No, my only debate with those guys who were telling me that they feel like Tampa would have beat the U. I said, Hey, man, you got to realize that's like recency bias. What we saw was exciting. It was explosive. It was, so yeah, you can because now you don't really know where to put the the Night Crawlers because they're good enough to beat the rare breed, but they didn't. So who else are they good enough to match up with and do well? You don't know because we never got a chance to see it. So again, I, I could understand their, their point, even if I think it might be a reach, but people genuinely feel that way.
1: And I think during the regular season this year, we're going to see more interdivisional games on games of the week. I think we're going to see competition across the league go up markedly next season. <laughs> because... If you're looking at the playoffs of the ASA, I'll say I found them to be way better than last 2021's playoffs. I would say they're better than the Salus tournament. I wasn't here for the Salus tournament. And I think it was a better playoff than 2019 because you had so many different things going on. And there wasn't a bad game. There was not a bad... All right, the the hit squad in the U was a bad game. But that was because the U just walked in and dog-walked the entire hit squad, up and down the boardwalk. Um, and, and
2: lay that right at the feet of my boy Trey Loke, Rob's favorite Maryland player by far. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I've been quiet for too long. I had to give some hate. But I'll also say this, I'll also say this, you know, one of the reasons why BRC was able to get over the mountaintop and actually, you know, claim the championship over the U was probably the heartbreak of losing to the U in 2021. Yeah, because it's, it's the same group of kids, and they're all young,
1: uh, with the exception so, of Verardi, Trey yeah, Cohen, a of, few others. Yeah, and some of those rookies made a huge impact. Ricky
2: Tate was a really good corner. Uh, you, you mentioned the other two, you know, Jason when He was so game. nice. A
0: such, you guys know, are such nice guys. I always forget how nice you guys are. All
2: right, well, <laughs> don't interrupt the point. I, my, my mind. I'm, my whoa, mind I'm, I'm is sorry. I'm so sorry. My mind has so many tracks already. I'm about to get off track and start talking about another thing. But when we talk about the nightcrawlers and if they're hypothetically able to, you know, only just run the clock out in the fourth quarter, like it was this insane thing that we were asking them to do that they couldn't have already done and they failed to do. And then they somehow deserve credit for it. And they're going to beat the U the next week. A. B., If they were to beat the rare breed, I don't think it's a it's a guaranteed, even if we we looked at their roster and said that somehow the nightcrawlers, you know, position by position roster wise match up against the U, which I think we could all agree that the Nightcrawlers, you know, main driver on maybe even both sides of the ball, obviously the linebacker on defense. But Mark Bagway was such a difference maker. I think he elevated the level of play of the kids around him. We all forget because we saw the finished product of the Nightcrawlers, but they started their Florida regular season two and three. They were not one of these. They were not one of these. Yeah. In in Florida. And then that's when they made really the switch to Mark Bagway. Okay, never mind.
0: Okay, never mind. Never mind.
2: mind. And Bagway went to Bagway took their offense from scoring approximately 20 points a game to to over 40, like 45-ish. You know they played the Orlando Ghosts in a tight game, and and I think the the Nightcrawler scored like sixty. So so it was Mark Bagway, but but for that for us to really be in an argument with somebody that really believes that the Nightcrawlers were better than the U on paper, maybe you can make that argument. But I guarantee, based on the actual evidence that we saw in the game, and why probably the better team in the Nightcrawlers that day lost to buck in the rare breed is because they didn't have it in them or know what it took to win a final four and right. championship, which is what makes them end.
0: scary. It makes them scary for future seasons. Exactly. Exactly. So
2: I don't think, I don't think it's fair to make the, the argument that the nightcrawlers, if they want against the rare breed, because obviously they didn't, it's one of those if, but things, but they didn't. And if they did, I don't think that they had what it takes to beat a team like the U when it mattered. But guess what? That loss in this year's Elite Eight, I I almost always say Final Four because it seemed like it was later. But right. in this year's Eight, if they use that the right way and use that to drive them to, to be tighter with the football, to make smarter decisions, to respect the game, that's the only thing that they needed to do against the rare breed. And those are the easiest things to think. Those are the easiest things to switch. And if they have to live with that sour taste in their mouth because they wanted to dance instead of win, that's why I keep bringing it up because I think that the league is better if the Tampa Bay Nightcrawlers show up and give us a hundred percent of them trying their best to win a game. Because then we can make the we can make the 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 choice of who's a better team by putting the you against the Nightcrawlers on a field and not letting words decide it, but 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 football toughness. And, and heart and grit and you know all of the things that it takes to try to win a game that late in the season for the A7FL.
0: But but you said something I kind of don't want to like just gloss over, right? You said they were two and two and three before Bagway took over and when Bagway took over, they had a close game with um the Orlando Ghosts,
2: right? I I obviously haven't seen the film but, but from they source my- down there. A, the Orlando Ghosts were actually a, a pretty decent football team. I think they no, would have been. And
0: that's what I'm kind of getting at. If, yeah. if the Orlando Ghosts aren't having close games with a team of that caliber, that means the talent overall down there is getting better. It, they're getting better. And that's where things can get very scary for these new divisions, these old divisions, and these divisions that are trying to prove themselves. Well, and, well, and
2: think about this, Rob, the, the Nightcrawlers were not the defending Florida champs. The 18 were right, the ones that exactly. ran through the season last year with, with uh, exactly. I mean, was Lauren Gray. And with guess Lauren what? They were, a mediocre, they were a mediocre team, you know, after after getting embarrassed. You know, once they, again, they made their way up. To-
0: scary, it's a scary thought to think that Mark Bagway actually had challenge down there and had to work for wins because that means those guys are getting better. And that means soon enough, we'll be able to see a team be a clear cut, like the same way. If I say Baltimore, you say Gators. If I say Jersey, you say the U, you say BIC. If I say, um, well, Covington, the Covington Heights, those guys run there. If I say Vegas, you say the force. Right. Now, when we say in Tampa, and we're saying nightcrawlers and another team pops up. bro, they're going to come here for these playoffs, the, the, the state robbery play- playoffs, and they might sweep and give us one of the biggest upsets we've ever seen in A7 history to date. Or how Being about that this, close? It's scary, bro. How about this, Rob? What
2: we've seen from Maryland recently trying to compete with the U and BIC is the cobras the vikings the army combining in a legitimate division baltimore for for all that we you know for all that we say and for all the you know the people f- that are fans of the baltimore teams and region and 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 for all the the flack we get for the the hate on them baltimore brings it in the on the a7 fl football field you know, they're, they're no they they're not we're not talking about guys that are still learning the game we're talking about We're talking about guys that have mastered the game and have shown that they have a a lot of talent down there and they know how to put it together most of the time. What's going to happen when Florida looks at their talent and their teams and they start doing some of the things that we've seen even in New Jersey with, you know, legacy teams like the Bombers joining the Chiefs for the Chiefs to win a championship. But like I said, the Cobras, which were a Final Four team in 2021, Amoeba, you know, absorbed other talent from Baltimore so that they compete with the U. When Florida starts to do that, when California starts to do that, when Vegas starts to do that, and we're getting these teams where the talent level is even, the A7FL is going to be even more of an attractive product to investors, fans, and big-time players because this, this game with that level of competition and talent, the, the You know, the the sky's not even the limit because it's outer space, guys.
1: I think that we're going to get that across the board sooner rather than later because, like, the Covington heist had some dogs on them. That Seth Chambers kid was the real deal, and there were some players on that team that could go. I think to get back to our initial conversation about free agency, if these division owners took a pragmatic look at, hey, I've put a financial investment in this. I want it to be successful. I'm not saying go out there and be Mr. Burns in the softball episode of The Simpsons. No. But if you can help make someone's life better and help your football team, I don't see it as a, you know, I see that as a layup. If you have the opportunity to and you can get that guy a job, you can help make his life better, improve the quality of their life, and also give them the opportunity to lead a team Like That's why I don't think a Mark Bagway to Vegas or Mark Bagway to Jersey is such a far-flung idea unless Bagway's flying himself out, which was something I think we talked about that was being a potential conversation. Um, When you look at all the players that are available right now, which one is the one, if you could pick up your phone and say, I want to get that guy, get me that guy. Who is it? I
2: think right now, it, you know, it has to be a guy that looks to be hypothetically willing. And we are only hearing rumors. We don't know anything concrete that we've reported about Mark Bagway. But unless you're telling me the kid that uh, Derek Duncan touts uh, from the Vegas division, um, I think his name is uh, Trey Williams, he said, and I might be getting the last name wrong. Um, unless there's a there's a kid that's a that's an ashante junior or you know ashante you know ajace uh mark bagway is 64 is one of the most explosive athletes we've seen and not only can he play quarterback as we've as we've talked about um you know it's scary to think of him hypothetically with terry or huff or even one of the the maryland quarterbacks that are that are you know pretty high level but the thing is is that you know, we we put RTU in this position as well. You know, as much as we would want to maybe move guys, you know, I talk to, you know, Matt, you do it all the time. I talk to Derek Duncan, and one of the things that he is, uh, you know, kind of focused on with his division is he wants his Vegas teams to feel like they're Vegas. And, you know, who knows if that's going to hold true. But I guarantee that there's guys out there that that can be discovered. It's just who, who are going to be the the savvy you know and 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 you know business savvy and and football intelligent managers of teams that that identify talent entice them and get them into a league that you know we're lucky to have guys like Terry Codgerton. good good thing Carl Meisner brought him into this league i think that although it's going to be tough you know california they can find if they can find one competent accurate quarterback and put him on a roster that has some, some big time guys that can run some good routes. You know, we might be seeing California in here in the next couple of years as well, guys.
1: It's going to be real interesting to see what happens. We were trying to get, we were going to have our guests join us, but it seems like they are unavailable to, we just had a last ditch attempt to get them on the show. But guys, the, the, couple of big pieces of news that we need to announce here on the pod the first one is we are no longer the only a7fl podcast in existence and our friends over in las vegas have decided to launch their own show that will start this coming week on the a7fl podcast network we're a network now and we'll have more information on that as soon as it drops. We will be giving you the information, the show name, but we can tell you who the first guests are. Guys, do you want to guess who the first guests are?
2: Man, that that they keep touting this guy and throwing him all over A7FL Twitter, A7FL Snapchat and Instagram. <laughs> I don't even get it. This guy's not even that great looking. They keep saying he's handsome. Oh my
0: uh, god, Corey! He's constantly talking about himself. Own.
2: Like seriously, Lord
0: get this guy mercy.
2: off. The 87FL air.
0: Are you are you sure you're on Snow Tribe and not on the Corey Hammonds? board at first? I just literally trashed myself, and it somehow still talked. Talk, that sounded like
2: you, I was yo.
1: Out.
0: You're it really sounded like you were just, just the most amazing ever, Corey.
1: Shut. up. <laughs> Let me leave Corey alone. He, he was Wait. flailing with self fellatio on that one. It'll but it will be us. us. It will be us. That's right, me.
0: It will be Matt and Corey and Rob. Not not <laughs> Huss, by the
2: way. Not hus. No. Although although Rob says it, very little hus from this this trio, but it will be us three on one. Taking on Vegas.
1: And uh, you can also get merchandise. The, the Hus Hus t shirt, the Corey Hammond, Corey Hammond's hoodie is coming very soon. Uh, but there is a new Thick Boy season shirt that's available at slash A7FL. Merch. That's tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. Buy your shirts. The money completely helps fund the podcast. So the more you do that, the more we can keep food in our mouths and me and Rob having fantastic beards. But there's and more an, right. importantly,
2: and more importantly, guys, how cool are you gonna be walking around with either a hus hus A seven FL shirt or a Thick Boy season shirt? Come on. That's, <laughs> That's
1: fine. That is true. It's true. We're joined by a guest. That's right. He is a quarterback and a former A7 multiple-time A7FL champion and former A7FL MVP, current current A7FL champion from the Trenton BIC. He is a man who is dangerous on both sides of the ball. He is Corey Price, a.k.a. CP3. CP, just to give you a little bit of background here, you contacted Big Rob earlier this week asking to be on the podcast because we we had you on a few weeks ago. And as soon as you appeared on the show, there was a flurry of conversation between you and other teams in the A7FL that were not in New Jersey. That I can, I can, I was privy to those conversations. I know what those conversations were, but it seems like you've settled on where you want to go next. So we will let you talk us us through it.
3: All right. Uh, first and foremost, how you doing, guys? Nice to be on again. Good to hear from you.
0: What's so, up, CP? Right, you
3: guys been doing an awesome job, you know. But uh, I've been thinking uh, long and hard uh, where I want to go and what's best for CP three and whatnot. And also, first and foremost, like I said before a few weeks ago, playing where you're needed, you know. And um. Like you said, Matt, uh, I have made my decision. You know, I have reached out to the other team and we had uh, a mutual understanding and uh, agreement. And uh, I will be traveling to Baltimore to play for the Baltimore Gators. Wow. wow. That is
1: Whoa. insane. What's the saying? That's bag ho. Oh, yeah.
3: That's bag ho.
1: So we actually were talking about the potential of the Gators and what would be the ideal situation for a new quarterback and whether or not that would put them back in the league contention and we have to say you were one of the names on the list that would amp them up what went into your decision going into the Gators what did you see as the biggest selling points of joining that squad as opposed to any of the other teams in the division possibly reuniting with the Hawks or reuniting with or just joining the Renegades as a potential option. Um, Walk us through what the process was like for you, what you felt were the biggest priorities, and what's your outlook with the Gators in 2023?
3: Uh, Well, like you mentioned a little earlier before I got on and um, how there were other teams uh, in and out the division that wanted me to come play for them or travel and whatnot. Um, you know, I'm not going to put their business out there, but after they hit me up, that started getting me thinking. You know, like I don't necessarily have to stay in Jersey to play football, and what better team to go play for than a team that has a hole? Honestly, uh, which is the Gators. You know, they have an awesome running back, great receiving core, uh, offensive line. That I honestly, I in my opinion, I feel like they have the best. Defense in the league still, secondary, D-line linebackers. Uh, so the best chance for me to win a championship. And and everybody knows, even though uh we did beat them twice last year, the playoff game that we played against them was a lot tougher than the score initiated. And everyone's seen how when the Gators played the U last year, we came up when they came up here in week two and almost beat the U with once again no quarterback. Everyone around the league knows that's a void they needed to fill to become a championship contender again, and that's a void I feel like that I can definitely fill. Also, you know, instead of going to uh, uh, Vegas or Florida, you know, Baltimore is right down the lane, two-hour drive, you know, nothing real drastic, nothing real crazy. So I just feel like personally they're the best chance to beat the U, Rare breed, or to knock off the defending champion
2: BIC. It's well, I'm I'm certainly uh, CP. I'm certainly really happy. I've been I've been wondering why uh, a championship quarterback in a league where people are always looking for quarterbacks, and I keep finding a job. But a championship quarterback was playing defensive end at times for BIC, and 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 I think I think all three of us will laud how unselfish you were as a teammate a leader for BIC uh with the situation with Terry, I mean you were on this show talking about you getting hurt being a great thing for BIC but now you know as as the page turns and you're moving on with your football story getting back to you know the 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 spot where I've always wanted you to be which is under center at a starter for a team you know showing off your talents what have you learned from your couple of stops uh, from your original stint as a Wolfpack quarterback when you first burst onto the scene? What have you learned from the stops at BIC, from the, the Salas tournament with the Hawks, and from the Savage that you're going to bring to the Gators that's going to help you and that uh, team from Baltimore looking to get back on top of their division? Well, as like you guys
3: said before uh, last week, uh, it's all about experience and it's definitely all about championship pedigree and, and being here before makes a whole lot of difference, you know. Uh, a lot of times I see a lot of teams fold, a lot of guys fold when the moment is too big. And I feel like even even from my rookie year, like like the game we played the Chiefs, you know, going double overtime with them, like the moment has never been too big for me. So, you know, I, um, I noticed that by playing with, Certain lesser teams, you know, um, that I have to do more, you know, carry the team. Far as when I played with uh, BIC, and uh, you know, 2016 when we had Smoke and, and Troy and Courage and and Big Rob blocking with Fern and and Sully and 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 we had an uh, offense that was that was able to help each other out. You know, I didn't I didn't have to do anything. Then uh, went over there to Savage. You know, it was a little more challenging, but, you know, we still had guys like Hugh Bell, Kyle, um, you know, uh, had Debo for a year or so. And so, you know, we just made it work. And then with the Hawks, that was just an experience I think I needed to just to show myself that even though the Hawks aren't the top tier team in the league and and probably never been. But that was just for me to know that, hey, I can carry a team and and I, I can be that guy. you know, instead of relying on or like a lot of guys in the league, the piggyback off of talent a lot. So by me going to the Gators, knowing that I have help and knowing that I have something to prove to myself that I still have it. um, I definitely think we're going to be a dangerous team come next next spring.
2: One of my favorite, I think definitely Matt's favorite. um, Rob loves them. Players on. The Gators is uh, Matthews, known as the Super Saiyan. Oh, definitely. Are you an anime guy?
3: <laughs> oh, bro. <laughs> if, if you can if you ask me a 1 out of 10 if I'm an anime guy, I'll give you a 12 out of 10. <laughs>
0: the- I know you are.
2: That's why That's why <laughs> I'm leading into it. So if, if Chris Matthews' nickname in anime is Super Saiyan, what would CP3's self-made nickname be? In reference to either an anime ca- uh, character that you model yourself after, or you know, some bo- some show that's like your favorite. You know, it's stupid, it's corny, but I'm, I'm interested. I want to know what you have to say. I would, I would
3: honestly, will have to go with with Naruto, bro, in the Uchiha clan. You know, with the eyes I have, you know, I'm just gonna go ahead and go with that. You know, when it's time to turn on, it's time to turn up. You know, I get the I, I turn into one of the uh,
2: Uchiha clans, bro. Well, then, if you got a free run to a touchdown, my friend, you better do the Naruto run for the last ten yards, and then we'll.
0: that's just for you. That's just for you, Corey. I got you. That's just you for gotta you. You've Got to do it, CP. You got to do it. For, for but I'm definitely, I'm definitely
3: transforming this year, bro. what uh, with, with my boy Super saying, definitely.
1: So, CP, thank you so much. What number are you going to be on the Gators, or have you not decided that yet? Because I feel like the jersey, the number or the symbol on the back or the front of the jersey is such an important part of a player's identity in the A7FL. And I think one of the great things we uh, took off the corpse of the XFL, in my opinion, was... Uh, what do you think uh, the number will be? Will it be a three? Will you have the fist again? Will it be a complete refresh? Is this your Jordan 45 moment?
3: <laughs> Me personally, always been kind of different. I never really cared about the number. Like, as you can see, uh, my teammate CO, he wore number three last year, you know, um, for us. But i always been a, more of a symbol guy. So uh, I would love to get a gator symbol like
2: I had for BIC with the fists on my jersey. I think that'll be
3: something. Or you could do the
2: work. you could do the 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 symbol for the clan you said in Narta. Do that.
1: Mm. Well, I don't know, if we I don't think I don't think that would be allowed on television. I think that's one of the yeah, things. You just adjust me. you just adjust the
2: angle of one I ha- line. I, like I have a solution. Degrees.
1: How about Corey Hammond's face? Now, just just hear me out. Oh man, that
2: <laughs> that would be such a troll CP3 cuz then I could I could finally win a chip.
1: <laughs> stole my joke just oh came in, came oh, I in. Stole your joke? i'm Corey uh, see, hammond we're so i'm so here mad- to take matt ryan's joke because i wanted to make fun of myself and i didn't want my friend to do it
2: and i also and i also stole your sign off too with my all tribe but i i, I, I just can't help myself <laughs> no you made it aspect.
1: better you made it better but CP, we know you've got you got you've got stuff to do. You've got to head down to Baltimore. You've got to learn that accent. You've got to marathon The Wire. You've got to watch a John Waters movie. There's a whole initiation you've got to go through. I think oh, most you have
3: definitely, to... most definitely, and uh, no more, no more Baltimore slander shall be allowed in my presence, man. I got I got to take up for the guys
2: now, you know.
1: Sorry guys. I'm not, I, We're not slandering anybody here. As long no. as you
2: don't, as long as you don't try to change the team team name from the Gators to the Kings cuz that's not allowed anymore.
1: <laughs> or or how about this? You ensure that every time the Gators play on games of the week, all the names and numbers are right. If you could do that oh. for us, we will oh, we will be I the nicest no about Baltimore. I will wear an Orioles hat. I'll kiss Ray Lewis on the cheek. I don't care. Just if you do that, you're a mensch.
3: We got it. We got a Jersey Baltimore corporation going on now, so we got this now. Trust me, I got you.
1: Well, CP, good luck in the Maryland, D- the DMV division next season. We're excited to see what happens, and we're excited to see you play in Maryland. It'll be an interesting one. And guys, before we head off here, we've got an announcement of our own. We were teasing it throughout the podcast this week. No better time than the present than to announce. We're going to go back in time, gang. Starting in October on the A7FL YouTube channel, live twice a month, your boys Matt, Rob, and Corey will be going into the A7FL archives. And that's right. You'll be hearing us call games again on a show. We're calling A7FL Rewind. It'll be a more casual show. We'll be able to talk with you directly. We'll be watching the games as they happen. You'll be seeing them on the screen. While we do them, we'll have new guests, we'll have interviews, we'll have some of our favorite people from behind the scenes back, and this time, you may actually get to see them and hear them not swearing while we're on television, so I think that's a big boon for all of us here, and also, guys, it's another way for us to go back into the archives and show people what Town Beef was about show great games from the a7 like we were talking about if you haven't seen the the night and the rare breed or you didn't watch any of the playoff games from last season you can also watch those games on stadium if you go to a7fl.com you'll see when and where you can relive a7fl playoff games and a7fl 2022 games and watch them on tv you can also go to our youtube channel which is where we're gonna be starting in october And, guys, you know, one thing about that that I'm also thinking about is taking the podcast live a couple of times starting in the fall. A7FL Rewind will start this October. For more information on that, you'll want to follow us across social media. And the fun thing about this show, guys, is we're going to pick the first one. Us three, we are going to pick the first one. And after that, we're going to be rotating between audience picks, our picks, our picks. Ryan DePaul picking some games for us and also various, you know, A7. We'll also have the fans vote. What games do they want to watch? What games do they want to experience? What players do they want to see? We'll be asking those questions on our YouTube channel and across social media. But I'm really excited to call games again, guys.
2: Yeah, and, and some of these games, uh, we're gonna we're going to go over some games some of the fans might be familiar with. Some of the recent, really classic games that, of course, are going to be great watches. But I think if you're a fan of the A7FL and you've you've come into the league within the last three years or maybe less, you know, some of the games that we show you are going to bring your understanding of the history of this game to a whole nother level because a lot of the things that we talk about as as legacy and and you know, precedents, matchups, and you know, legendary players. They start on the field on the on the screen and to bring them live again to, you know, a, a whole new group of fans potentially and you know some of our diehards, you know, I'm looking forward to it as well, Matt.
0: As far as the A7FL rewind, I'm actually very excited for for people to get I've always felt like that was the aspect missing from you know, connecting to the audience directly. There's there's a lot of storylines and a lot of things that happen in game that you won't know just from watching you get what i'm saying so giving them some background like this like i can't wait to cover the game where um bic lost to the chiefs in the rain there's things that happened in that game that no one knows to this day there's things that that happened you know when we i guess if we sit down and talk to the guys from the youth they'll be able to like moon let's say we talk to moon we can find out exactly what he was thinking when he ran that touchdown back to win the game. It's it, things like that. That that little piece is going to bring people a lot closer to these players and bring bring that interest in A7FL. In it's going to pique that interest because you're going to always want to know after you watch the game, you're always going to know why. What happened? Aren't you curious to know why, why Bagway and all those guys started dancing before time was up? Or why do they think they won? I, I'm curious to know these things. So, I can't wait to sit down with you guys again, look at these games, rewatch these games, go through the whole experience again, and actually give it a new layer. I'm excited for
1: it. I'm excited too, and I cannot wait to bring that to you. And I also can't wait to bring you next week's show. But gentlemen, we must prepare to face the Las Vegas delegation. We're going to go collectively prepare, take some notes, maybe write a sonnet or two, possibly try to find a buffet. Maybe a Golden Corral, but we're not sure where we're going to eat. It could be Denny's. For Big Rob Fabian, for Corey Hammond, I'm Matt Ryan. And once again, this has been another edition of the 3-on-1 Podcast. We'll see you next week. And as always, don't be an asshole.
2: I'll try.